welcome to Pop Culture Yearbook. On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. And uh, tonight is uh, And More episode. Right, guys? And more. That's right. We're switching it up. So uh, we did a... Uh, remember when we did that Vikings one? Giff, you weren't on that, were you? I was not. We're big sports fans. Yeah, and we the are. only sports team in this state that's ever really come through for us was the Twins. So, Pete, you picked it. Tell us all about this. The last time that we did a sports episode, I was walking down a street and somebody said, "Hey, pop culture yearbook guy, stay in your lane. That's not <laughs> pop culture." Uh, um, well, Brett Favre kind of is. We, uh, right, right. <laughs> Um, of course that didn't happen at all, but it would be pretty funny if it did. Right. But, um, so one of my biggest memories, um, if you knew me at all as a teenager and younger, you know, how obsessed I was with Minnesota twins baseball. And that was actually me and you guys and a couple of other friends. This was, we were all pretty much obsessed with it. So our biggest memories together as friends and just sitting around it around the house, uh, even as I've said on this on this show before with my own father, uh, a lot of my greatest memories were just sitting down, listening to the radio, to Twins games, uh, or watching them on TV, especially back in this era when you had the greats. You had Herb Carneal, John Gordon. Uh, you could be outside playing catch, doing it, whatever you wanted to do, having a drink or beer or whatever. Well, I didn't drink much at age 15. 15, yeah, okay, okay but, buddy. Um <laughs> But uh, um, just there's there really was nothing better. And um, when we talk about 1991, which is the year that we are talking about this month, uh, really was the greatest year for all of pop culture, including sports, uh, not the least of which being the 1991 Minnesota Twins, which not only won the World Series, but won probably the greatest, uh, in my opinion, unarguably the greatest world series in all of history Agreed. right um it, it this this world series just had everything uh and it, it had so many extra inning games so many one run games and it came down to uh just a a classic in game seven which we'll go into in great detail um, um but just Nothing could possibly top the sports moment in my life, other than, of course, maybe the 1987 team, which was the first team to win it. And uh, as Brad said, the Twins were the only team in our lifetimes of the four major sports uh, to really come through. And they not only did it once, they did it twice uh, with, um, you know, heroes like Kent Herbeck, Kirby Puckett. Uh, we'll talk about all these guys. So I'm really, really uh, excited for this episode. Uh, if we we're going to do 1991, you know, it's hard to talk. It's impossible to talk about 1991 without talking about the Minnesota Twins. If you are uh, anywhere in Minnesota and mm -hmm. this was such a, a much better time for baseball than it is now, much more exciting. And, uh, you know, I mean, this year, as we're recording this, there's the lockout and everybody hates the hates the owners. You know, a lot of people are mad at the players. They may not even have a season. Who knows what's going to happen? They're changing the rules. The rules are kind of dumb, in my opinion, um, that they're going to. But this was just back when it was a really carefree lifestyle. And it was part of it was appointment television almost every night during the summer. You would come home and you'd watch 
Minnesota Twins baseball in the background or or it would just be your primary thing. So very excited about this episode. And here's the thing. Since 91, since this World Series, to show how bad it's been in the state, there hasn't been one of the major sports teams that has made even to the final Super Bowl, right. World Series, NBA Finals. Not even Stanley one team that made it one time and even lost. It is the longest, I think, streak by far of all the cities that have all the four major football, hockey, baseball, and basketball. Mm-hmm. The longest one, pretty much by far, of that mm-hmm. drought. So it's pretty important. Yeah, and I will throw out good teams. We've come close a few times, but... This is a great pick, me. Pete, because, yeah, maybe it's not pop culture per se, but our, our Vikings one has done very well in the uh, downloads category. So there's a there's an audience out here for this. Yes, this is going to be even better. Um, <laughs> we have a market now because well, they actually won. York. That's the right. Vikings right. And of a... course, ended tragically. This one did not. Yeah, that's correct. Gifford, what do you have to say? What say you, Brian Gifford? Well, I mean, I just remember watching these games, being excited for the season, Um, you know, having that unbelievable worst to first situation going on where they came out of nowhere and turned it on. Um, You know, the pitching was amazing. Hitting was clutch um, throughout the season. And as that builds, you know, you back then I was still young enough. And with 87 still kind of fresh in your mind, you know, you think, well, your teams, when they are good, they win, you know, and they mm-hmm. go on to win it all like they did in 87. So 91's coming. You're thinking this is our year again. Yep. You know, uh, it's as Brad pointed out in uh, subsequent years, we've learned that even if you have a good team, uh, that doesn't really mean squat in this state. So <laughs> <laughs> It's but, very fond I mean, memories of, you know, watching this. and Because we were what? We were sophomores in high school, correct? Well, it's season started, yeah. we were freshmen. We were freshmen, but the World, World Series, Series. We were sophomores, correct. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of okay. fun. Twins were the one team to do it the other way where, I mean, the Vikings have had some great teams that should have made it. In 87, you know, a lot of people say the Twins were not that great of a team, but they – they were a great home team, and uh, they were able to string it together, and they they got it done. But as far as World Series winning teams, when you look at winning percentage, the 87 team was not that great, but the 91 team was far superior to the 87 team, although both teams very fun to watch. Right. Yes. All right. Well said. Shall we, shall we talk about how the season came together first? Let's do well, that. We need to start about how the – start with how the season ended the year before okay because again well, you can't have the great all right well that's the cinderella story you already mentioned about, that we finished in last right we finished so. with a mm-hmm. 74 and 88 record 28 games behind oakland in our division. so and this as did in last place as did a little foreshadowing Braves. here the atlanta braves yes right. um the, the thing that to me later. stands out that made that year even uglier is that so we got Kirby Puckett here, Hall of Famer, and he's in the prime of his career, and he's one of the best hitters in baseball. In 1990, that's the only year he he batted under 300. He batted 298, 
He didn't hit very many home runs. He had low number RBIs compared to usual. And it's just like, it was just this blah year. Like, even he didn't do that well. And so things were not looking too hot coming out of that. Right. But mm. the offseason. Yeah. What happened between the 90 and 91 offseason to help turn that around? All right, well, I got a whole Talk bunch of notes here. I don't know if. Yeah. Well, Pete, first yeah, off, I'd love to hear you go okay. for it. I'm sure you got more notes than I do. I've got a couple, but. Well, the first big move was yep. we let Gary Gaetti go. So mm-hmm. he was the third baseman, and everybody loved Gary Gaetti, the G-man. And he was the 87 the ALCS MVP. Yep. Um, but he was slipping a little, but losing him was a big deal. Traded and they replaced... the Angels, by the way. Yes, Go on. went to the Angels. They replaced him right away with Mike Pagliarulo, who was not uh, anything special. He batted 254 with the Padres. He had seven home runs. He... He had a stretch for two years with the Yankees in the 80s where he hit a ton of home runs. Mm-hmm. But really, he was not a very good player. Um, but he was the he was replacement. The and then, too, wasn't he? I thought he, he was what? with the Mets. I thought he was with the Mets. He bounced around. He was with the Yankees when he hit all Maybe those home he runs. Was, yeah, he was okay. with the Yankees okay. when he hit the home runs. And then he eventually also platooned with Scott Leyes, who nobody knew because he was a rookie. So they, And here's the thing. Every one of these moves worked out. Those two guys... Pally Rulo had like a career year, not not the home runs, but he was his highest batting average ever. His batting average, yep. And he huge. filled the hole nicely. And Leis, as a right-handed batter, as a rookie, wasn't amazing, but he's a great defender. And he they mm-hmm. they did a nice job. They weren't Gary Gaetti, but they they filled in and had good years. So yep. that was he the first was never thing. with the Mets. I by the way, I I want to stand corrected. He was never with the Mets. He was with he played for the Yankees, the Padres, the Twins, the Orioles. And the Rangers, and he also played in Japan. Anyway, go. go on, Pagliarillo. The other big hole in the infield was second base. And ever since they made that terrible trade for Tommy Herr in 88. Oh, my God. I was so pissed. I remember that morning. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they did what? They trade, trade Tom Bernanski for this yep. shit named Tommy Herr? <laughs> And he sucked. He didn't want to be here. And it was just a revolving door of crap. The year before, we had Nelson Liriano and Fred Manrique at second base off and on. Well, and also Newman played second. Yeah, well, and Al Newman was... He, he played team. everywhere. Right, but he, but was he filled in. But anyway, this was the year where they brought up Chuck Knobloch as a rookie from straight from double A. So he was young. It was kind of yep. risky. But he was by far the best option. Guess Could what? still throw to first, first base. year. And he he paid off just as great as everybody. He did. He's amazing. Well, and and we'll get to it. But in the playoffs, he was he was our oh, best yeah. hitter as I a mean, rookie. He was amazing bottom. in the playoffs. Yep. yep. All right. The uh, next big thing that happened, um, and this is where I'm going to have my excitement here. So this was the first full season of Shane Mack starting in the outfield. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and he had a good batting average year before. Oh, he was he good. Well. He, the thing yep. is, so Johnny Moses, I think, was the starter at the beginning of the year. Shane Mack played most of the second half of the year, and he was he had a great year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a big surprise that he was starting, and it wasn't like, oh, this guy can't do it. It was just, can he do it again? Because he was kind of a right. young journeyman that came also from San Diego. Um. But if you know me, like Pete said about knowing him, Shane Mack is my favorite athlete in the history of sports. 
Did I you don't have his that's jersey? A, that's a I have statement. a custom made jersey. I still have it. I still wear it to games. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, I, I don't know exactly why, but I just connected with that guy. He was so cool and so fun to watch. And, and like my wife, who likes the underdogs, like Danny Wood of New Kids on the Block. Yep. I also root for the underdogs. So I love Kirby. Everybody loves Kirby. You grew up loving Kirby. Right. But mm-hmm. Shane Mack, during his time with the Twins, was pretty much equal to Kirby Puckett and just never got the recognition and still fails to get the recognition that he deserves, except from true, true Twins geeks. Who know? <laughs> and and he he made some of the greatest catches in the outfield that I've ever seen. And of course, there's the one near catch that uh, that he almost made in '91 at Oakland. Yeah. That uh, I saw that video. Uh, video I'm I watched. Sure we'll yeah. to it. Yes, yes. So anyway, and and he did not start the year well. He um, was batting 238, I think, at the All Star break. And the second half of the year, though, uh, he just went off. And Peter Gammons, right. I remember, called him the MVP of the American League in the second half of the season. Wow. And he was superstar. That's high, That's high yeah. praise. Yeah, well, he was that good. His It was that good. He was not the only young player who came on in 1990 and then jumped into a full-time awesome role in this season. Do you know who the next guy was? The young um, guy? I am. Yeah, a second-year player. Not a batter, though. Pitcher. Pretty uh, obvious enough. Pitcher. Kevin, uh, Scott Erickson? Scott Erickson. Yeah. So Scott oh, Erickson, yeah, I think, a year the year before. Yep. Scott Erickson went eight Superman. and four the year before, and and also finished the second half of the year. This is a really strong rookie pitcher, and he came in and now is a full time starter. And we'll get to him here during the season. But he was, uh, I mean, he was he was a pop culture sensation in Minnesota for the yep. first half of the year. Right, and he was he was supposed to start the All Star yep. game. He That's how have. good of he a pitcher hurt. he He's, was in the first half. He got hurt, and then but. Who did start? Jack Morris. Okay. Right. There you go. So we made two big off-season signings. These were all guys that came there. up or that uh, were traded for. Or I guess these guys were like Pally Rulo was picked up as a signing, but he wasn't a big right. signing. So Jack Morris. I didn't realize until we started this. He was the highest paid player on the team that year. That was He got more money yep. than I thought. I always he, thought it was kind of like a one-year, like he's a washed-up, we're taking a chance. But no, he he got a big contract. And I compared him to Brett Favre. He um, was that one year, not a so Brett Favre wasn't coming home, but like this this superstar guy that yep. had that magical magical year, but he didn't throw the interception at the end of the uh, game. No, seven, so. no, he no. He, Morris was a little more clutch, right? Than Brett Favre was. Yes. And then there well, was one other. Well, actually, there were two other signings. What was the other really big signing that we made in the off season? Chili. Chili Davis. Davis. Chili Davis. Yes, sir. And I love him too. He's he was one of my other favorite players because I loved him even before he came to the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I noticed watching some of the videos? You know how all the great swings, like Will Clark, Henry, they're all left-handers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chili Davis's right-handed swing is like the prettiest and way prettier, in my opinion, than his left-handed swings. He's a switch hitter. Right. anybody didn't know that was one thing that was amazing about he was a great power hitter that was a switch hitter too so yeah. extra valuable when he like got line. a hold of a ball right-handed it was just an absolute bomb and it was so pretty to watch and he had a couple of those in the uh, world series so we'll get to that mm-hmm. 
There was one other signing, kind of under the radar, but he was actually a huge name at one time. Do you guys know who that was, Pete? Pitcher again. It wasn't West, was it? No, he no. he came in the Franco. Well, Rick Aguilera. Oh, well, no, that was a trade. No, they all came in the Rick. They all came in the Franco. Yeah, Tapani and Aguilera came in a trade. So the other pitchers. He won a Cy have? Young in 1987. Well, now, um, well, you're killing me here. Oh, you don't know. Steve Bedrosian, yes. Bedrock. Bedrock. He, he won, won the won Cy, Cy Young as a reliever for the Phillies in 1987. Wow. And he was, I look back, his stats are really good still. He was really like this kind of like under the radar, like, and he, and he was good for us, but yep. this is the guy that won a Cy Young four years before. Right. And he, he helped out too. Wasn't he a great player in RBI baseball too? Wasn't he <laughs> on that hey, game? He was on the game, yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Do you know what else happened in the offseason? I that's you, all my notes, so take it away. You have not oh go ahead. They they moved their spring training facility to Fort oh, yeah. Myers, Florida. And it was so a new facility. facility. Yep. Where were they before that? I couldn't remember. Orlando. Orlando? Okay. Yep. Um, I have been to Hammond Stadium. And uh, one year we went down to spring training with my parents and my brother and his wife. Uh, we went to Hammond Stadium. We went to one game. And then we also went to a second game. Uh, the next day, the Twins played at the Philadelphia Phillies Stadium, which was in Tampa. And the Phillies spring training uh, facility was way nicer, actually. But uh, you're right. That was their first year at Hammond Stadium. You left out what you have not mentioned the player that for me was the under the radar kind of guy that was oh. probably my favorite player that year, other than like the big names. Was uh, he a starter? Part time, but more than not, yeah. A pitcher? position usually, uh, you usually switch out at this position, but oh, Brian, Brian, Brian Harper. Harper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. he played, no, he was no. He played in 1992. He was another guy that kind of came he was on. on. He was, but he was on the 91 team. But he yeah. was. But I was um, talking. These were all guys. But you're right. He he came on in 1990, like Mac and Erickson. That that's true. Yeah, but he was okay. definitely on that team. And uh, he, for me, uh, until Joe Maurer came along, uh, was the best, one of the best hitting catchers I've ever seen. And he was not a bad catcher. We had. Uh, we had Junior Ortiz, who was the other guy, who was actually a better defensive catcher, in my opinion. But Brian yep. Harper was known for being a great two-strike hitter. Two-strike hitter. Uh, yeah. always, always could hit for contact. And um, he wasn't known for his defense, but he had some memorable plays in the playoffs in the World Series yes. that, I mean, you'll never forget. Right. Right. And Junior Ortiz, yeah, a good defender, I guess, but he was not a good hitter at all. So, no, no, not at all. But he he caught a lot because he caught every day that Scott Erickson started because they had that's some right. Kind it was of, his personal catcher. It was kind of some kind of thing where Erickson liked him, and so that was Junior Scott, Joe Ortiz's day. Scott Erickson was known for being very superstitious. They called yes. his when he pitched. It was called the Day of Death. Well, I was going to get always that, yes. wore black. Um, mm-hmm. He was known for always wearing black when he pitched, and then you did not want to talk to him in the dugout. Uh, um, um, while he pitches, just his thing. You leave him alone, and uh, it worked out pretty well for him in 91. He, 
he even blackened out the white stripes on his shoes so that everything yeah. but his uniform from head to toe was black. And yeah, it was the day That's of jet death. black hair of his too. And he did. A lot of people thought he looked like Superman, which yeah, he looked does. Like Christopher Reeve. Uh, right, right. He would have made. And he had a twelve-game winning streak actor. in the first half of the season. Yep. He had right. thirty and a half scoreless innings in a row. So I mean, that was that was the thing. He was the talk of the state at the first mm -hmm. half of 1990, 91, right. I mean. Because Tappany on the other end of the spectrum, he went. He started zero and six. What? Tappany at the beginning of the season lost his first. No, I'm sorry. He lost all six starts in April. But his second half, well, yeah, he, he was just great. went nuts. He, well, he went crazy. And and Erickson, Tappany, and Morris all finished in the top seven of the Cy Young voting. Right. To lost to Clemens, right? Yeah. And then it's yeah. funny because Clemens won. The next six pitchers were all twins or California Angels. That's ridiculous. Right. And the Angels, it's funny. I look back, they sucked. They were like last They were place. not that good. I don't remember. But they had Mark Langston, good. they had Brian Harvey, and they had um, Jim Abbott. And those guys were all great, and somehow the team was still just god awful. Well, you need some run support behind him. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but they, but you still, at this time, you got to have good stats as a pitcher to get votes. Well, so oh, they, yeah. they yeah. obviously got a lot of wins because it was a different time. Coming back to our staff, I've always thought that Kevin Tappany looked a lot like Jerry Seinfeld. Are you totally? With me I love that you <laughs> yes. said that. Yes, <laughs> they're like identical. <laughs> What's the deal with that? Do they? They right. both got the butt chin. They both got, <laughs> uh, I don't know. They 90 mile an hour like, fastballs. You know, they both got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing so, that I, that stuck out to me right away, because for doing the podcast, uh, besides, you know, looking some stuff up, I also watched all the playoff games. So the first note that I have is we had a staff of sweet stashes. Yeah, you had oh, 87 Glad. was even better though for that. I, I right, but we're on 91 here, series. Pete. Let's I know, let's, let's <laughs> I know, keep but it I'm on just 91. But you look at you look at Gladden, Palurulo, Mac, Harper, Mac. Morris, Chili, and don't forget about third base coach Gardy. Gardy. I mean, yes. those did he have a stash a, and not a goatee oh, yeah. at that time? Um, no, I think it was just a stash. I, I no tried way. to look, but his, his hair was so light. It was kind of hard yeah, to tell. I bet he had a goatee, but he still had the facial mm -hmm. hair. Oh man. Well, I didn't count a couple guys that they had a goat, but Gardy's facial hair was so light. It was hard to tell if it was just a stash, but it looked like a stash. Before so, we get he, into like the regular season, I got a question for you. So we yeah. talked about all these moves they made. They all worked out in the end, but especially you, Pete, since you picked this. Did you have high hopes for this season? Were you excited going into the season that this was going to actually be much of anything? No, I, I, I don't recall anything. having any any high hopes for the season at all. Um, and nobody did. Uh, I like I, I do I like Chili Davis, but I this. thought Jack Morris was just a wasted signing. I thought no way is that going to work. The uh, I, I do want to before we leave the mustache conversation <laughs> oh, the video that I watched. It was called. Uh, uh, it's a video called Simply the Best. Yeah, that's and what it's we narrated by Ted Ted Robinson. At the beginning of it, Jack Morris does not have a mustache during spring yep. training. And then he grow he yeah. starts growing it during that. And I then saw that. he looks he's so weird without it. He does, yes. But obviously he has the great mustache in game seven, and it pays off for him. So anyway, go go on, Brad. I did I okay. had to make well, that so comment. 
Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I should have let you get that in. I didn't don't know you had that. Leave that. Don't leave the mustache conversation. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people had confidence. I mean, you, no. you finished last, but one of the other things that that I found or heard actually um, during the first game of the World Series was uh, Pat O'Brien mentioned that if you. <laughs> Hi, Pat O'Brien. Oh, that's good. Oh, stuff. we got him on. I didn't. I didn't think he was going to call in. Special guest. So he said that if you went to Vegas before the season, put a two hundred dollar bet down that the Braves and the Twins would make the World Series, that bet would net you a million dollars. Wow, Jesus! So nobody thought. Well, no. That but you know, a big fan like us, we could have looked at all these moves and thought, "Oh yeah, it's all going to be great." But I, I didn't think that at all. And then, so I bet if you bet on the Twins to as because you're a fan, you wouldn't pick the Braves that they're going to play against, right? Well, so, right. No, no, anyway, no, no. that's but the I'm thing. Just, I'm just saying the odds against that's even the, the gotcha. Twins making were were uh, not real high. So obviously, I bet you remember too. How did they start the year? Shitty. Yeah, two and nine. They lost seven in bad. a row. Yeah. yeah. Two and yeah. nine and looked terrible. And I remember that stretch. I went to school one day and we're like, we're all talking and we're like, this team is just terrible. We were already done with them. These guys are shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so they did get to 500 eventually and they just kind of hung around there until June 1st. Yep. And they were 23 and 25 on June 1st. What happens? Well, let me say this. Streak. I, I, I do have a specific memory that I want to share with my father on that one because we were watching the Twins game together. Um, and like on June 1st or like you're talking about a certain I th- time? I think it was June 1st. It was like right at the beginning of it because it, it, okay. um, that's where I'm kind of going with it. Um, he, Kent Herbeck, argues with the umpire and gets ejected from the game. And I was like, what is he doing? I mean, Herbeck, it, it wasn't even that bad of a call as I remember it. Again, this was almost I, how many years ago? Like 30 years ago. Um, but uh, but then my dad said, a lot of times you see a player or a manager, a respected player or manager will do that just to put inspiration into his team and, and uh, get his team fired up. That night, um, is either that night or the next night they won, and that was the first game of the 15 game winning streak, and they went on to win the World Series. And my dad's like, "See, I told you, that guy, man, that Merv, <laughs> Merv knew all so the moves." When that streak started, they were in fifth place still, and yep. it ended with a, and they actually moved into first. Yep, on the 15th <clears throat> win. And then it ended the next day only on a walk-off blown save by Aguilera, which he never did. Yep. And then they won four yep. more in a row. They were that close here, to 20 in a row. Here's a, a trivia, a, a little trivia here. What major movie is that moment depicted in where Randy uh, Milligan of... Nope. Oh, where, oh, no. No, you're right. Sorry. Uh, it's a Randy Milligan of the Baltimore Orioles gets the game-winning hit with Kirby racing to get the ball, and he cannot get there. And it, and it wins the game for the Orioles. But what movie, well, well-known movie, is that depicted in? That uh, moment. I have no idea. No clue. I think you've actually mentioned this before. And when you say it, I'll remember. But I... Yeah. Angels in the Outfield? I have no idea. Well, no, it's, it's not, not even not a big enough. I was going to say not a baseball movie. movie but he it's said not it's a well baseball known. movie at all. 
but uh, the main character is watching a baseball game, and that's the moment. And it's the Minnesota Twins broadcast because it's ten, it's Ted Robinson's voice that uh, uh, that you hear if you're watching this movie really closely. Well, I think everybody at home has had time to think about it, so okay. we don't know. No idea. It is Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. Oh, you're at, I know you've there told me are, that before. There's two moments, actually, where Tom oh, Cruise is watching yeah, baseball yeah, yeah. in his apartment. Yep, one, I think, yep. is a Blue Jays game, and the other one is this one, uh, and it's this moment that he's watching. And he's holding, <laughs> I think he's holding a baseball bat while he's watching and talking on the phone. Wow. I couldn't handle the truth on that. That's crazy. That's right. Yeah. Um, and two, it's, so Kirby Puckett is in that movie with Kevin awesome. Bacon. So there you go. If you're playing a Ooh, Kevin Bacon game. So, yeah, six degrees of separation. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> two notes I had about that streak. I was looking at the baseball reference page. And almost <clears throat> every game they won, maybe one game wasn't, they were won by the starting pitcher. So that's how great. First of all, the starters went longer back then. But yeah, right. the starting pitching <clears throat> in the first half at this point was because it was Erickson and Morris were winning every game and Tappany was starting to come around. They were just lights out all the way through. That and then says after something about the first, offense, too, by the way, that says but, something about how well the offense is getting to the starting pitching of the, boy, of right. the other team. After they anyway, took first on. on that 15th win, they were tied for first on July 3rd. But other than that, they never gave up first place the rest of the year from that moment on. They never fell out of first. They were tied once. So that's pretty awesome. Yes, it is. Yes. Great, great uh, regular season. And if you win your uh, division, what do you get to do after that? Well, I got a few more notes on the regular season. Oh, you got more than that. Holy cow. Well, all right. Yeah. Hit it. Do you have any other things on the regular season, Pete, before I rattle off more? Well, getting back to that video is simply the best. There's a, there's a lot in here. I don't know if it's just me, Brad. Do you think of this being a big REM fan? Do you ever think that Andy McPhail and Mike Mills are the same person? <laughs> I, I never have, but now that you see it, I, I can see what that. you're referring to. Yeah, the general manager. So we have anyway. Mike Mills. We have... Um, Christopher Reeve, and we have Jerry Seinfeld. This is quite a team. Wow, that that is a good team, actually. I, I want to see that team play. And some kick-ass mustaches. Right? Yes. Yep. Um, All right, go on. Well, one note about the season. I The site I was looking at broke down our record against every team. Yep. And um, we were – well, actually, I'll save that one because it ties into the ALCS. So do you remember that when they clinched – the division, Pete? Because I remember 87. That one I well. don't like, remember they as much Texas, as 87. And I can I, remember I the remember. play that won the game, a double play line out. But I don't really remember this. I think it was in Toronto. But um, I don't really Might have a memory right. of that's, that. That's weird. I have very little recollection. And of actually, I think part division. of it, though, I think part of it is, I think this year they lost. And they, they clinched on somebody else's loss, like, overnight. They did. They it. were on their way back from Toronto. So it didn't have that moment yeah. that you're on the field. Okay. Chicago had lost. And when they got basically off the plane back from Toronto, they, they had won. And that just ties into, I can, I could tell you about so many games from 1987, like specific games. I can't really remember many, hardly any at all from 91 as, until the playoffs, like specific yeah. games. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you, Chili Davis had 19 home runs at the All-Star break, and he just took the league by storm. But he only ended up with 29. He he had a great year, but he really slowed down on the power in the second half. That's the dog days. Not te- it's not terrible to hit. No, but you know, you know, we went on that streak without a 30 home run hitter until Justin Morneau for like 25 years. Yeah, yeah. we had these guys he, like Chili that hit 29 and never hit 30. It was just kind of that thing, right? Did you know that? Scott Erickson and Chili Davis, two of these new young guys, were roommates and owned a house together or rented a yes. house together. No, I did not know that. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. And there was one of those videos they show them like hanging out together and stuff. It looked like they had a real bromance. Was Chili Davis? He was he that young at that point though? Well, no, but well, he would have been older. He had than been Scott with Erickson. the Angels for a while, right? He was probably, right, but he was a new guy and he probably just needed a place yeah. to stay. And okay, okay, I thought you were saying yeah. like. He and they were guy, single. Like... I mean, these were two bachelor guys. Yep. You know. Um, so Shane Mack, let's talk about Shane Mack some more. Oh, so I mentioned, well, I already said this, how he had a bad first half. Okay. I'll skip over that. You've talked about Erickson starts being the day of death. Oh, here, Chuck Knobloch. So he run the rookie of the year. Um, he had two events late in the year. So he had a really good year, but he had no power. How many home runs mm-hmm. did he hit? Two. <laughs> one. Six. Oh, it wasn't just one. <laughs> He had one home run on August 31st, and it was like a huge deal because we didn't see that game. But I remember being with you, Pete. I'm like, oh, Chuck Nobla, get a home run finally. And then um, he had a 20-game hitting streak in September, and that's what, like, sealed it that he mm-hmm. was a rookie of the year. 20-game hitting streak um, to put it away. I already mentioned that they had three. Not a bad glove guys. either, by the way. Right. Great defender. Right. I mentioned that they had three of the guys in the Cy Young, too. So that's all my notes. But the other thing I was going to say, they um, showed their records against the other teams. Mm-hmm. One thing that shows what a different time period this was, they went 10-2 and two against the Yankees that year. Like, we just <laughs> dominated. Jeez. Well, didn't they dominate the Red Sox, too? I think so, yeah. Oh, they, think, they were always good against the Red Sox. And I but think they did not only... dominate the Toronto Blue Jays. They were 4-8 no. and eight against the Toronto Blue Jays. I remember being certain they were not going to beat the Blue Jays. That's why I saved that, because who did we play in the playoffs? The Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Their final record was 95 and 67, right? Yes. That's what I have. And they comfortably won the division. The the Blue Jays, I thought they were actually better. They were only 91 and 71. So we actually had a better record than them. Yep. But But the Blue Jays were favored to win... The series because they really? we were four and eight against the Blue Jays in the yeah. regular season. I was scared. Mm-hmm. All right, but so we had just didn't we had hadn't we just swept the Blue Jays at the end of the year? No, actually, I, I wrote this down. We had lost two out of three in our last. Is that what uh, it was? Yeah. Okay. All right. So. So, yeah, we didn't go into the playoffs, even though it was a great team and a great record with the most confidence. You know, in 87, I think we went in feeling really good, even though we were huge underdogs. But we were so young and they were so good at home that we all we were so naive. We're like, oh, the twins, the twins are going to win. First right. time we had experienced anything like right. this before. But now yeah. we're hardened and, and older and we've had a little. <laughs> we're grizzled. <laughs> Four years later. Well, all right. If, you got you tons of at, notes here. If If you look at it, I mean. Obviously, the Blue Jays are right there. I mean, they come back to win the World Series in '92 and '93. So yeah, I mean, right. Team, oh, with Jack Morris and with yeah, yeah. But if you look at Morris the next well, year, 
not yeah, only the 20... Blue Jays, but the Braves, too, are back right. for the next, like, 15 the years. Next. Yep. But mm-hmm. if you look at Morris the next year, he had 21 wins. Yeah, he was But his good, ERA was 404, and he got shelled in the playoffs. Yeah. He didn't win. I think he had uh, – I think the only – yeah, the only games that um, – that the Blue Jays lost in the World Series because they won in six, Jack Morris pitched. So, oh, the one other thing, speaking of pitchers next year. So, we talked about the day of death and Erickson being he was 12 and three at the All Star break, 12 game winning streak was supposed to start the All Star game, but he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was never the same pitcher. He did win 20 mm-hmm. games and finished second in the Cy Young voting, but every start he had in the postseason was like, just full of worry and like how long is he going to go and can he hold it together? Cause he just was not the same pitcher anymore. Right. And he came through more often than not, but it was always like you were on the edge of your seat. Even right. after that, I mean, in his career, he never really, Oh yeah. He never had another year like and, that. And then no. he went to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Wasn't I mean, he was, his record either. wasn't that great in 92. But he did have a pretty good year, but he, but no, he was never, because he, it, when he was, before he got hurt, he was like shut down, like, like the best pitcher in baseball. And he just, he lost that. So kind of yep. sad. Mm-hmm. Giff, you want to take us through these games since you have copious notes? Well, I don't have copious notes on the ALCS. Oh, okay. um, I kind of. Well, the one guy I forgot on our stash crew was uh, Carl Willis. Oh, yeah. Big train. Yeah. Need to, needed to have Carl Willis in there as that's well. A, that's a big one. Yeah. Did you mention also Dan Gladden, who made the game-winning catch against the uh, against the Blue Jays? I mean, that's a mustache guy, too. But Oh, yeah. Gladden was first on the list. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Maybe you did yeah, mention yeah. him. Okay. Yep. Anyway, just to so, recap that one memory of him, he made the catch. That sent us to the World Series. It was a routine fly ball. Yep. Uh, but. Yep. So. Um, it's one of those images. Game one, we had um, Tom Candiotti, the the crafty knuckler baller, oh, throwing. That was a, a controversial Morris. call by Cito yes. Gaston, and it blew up in his face. It sure did. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go so hot for him. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot on each of these games. I've just got some. Just a few notes for the ALCS. The World Series, I've got quite a bit more. One thing I did have was the video I watched on YouTube um, was like, you know, a, a VCR tape, as Pete likes to put it, um, that was just <laughs> uploaded. So one of the early mentions in this game was we got an update on Bo Jackson's hip injury. Oh, oh really? So that was, that was going on during uh, during the playoffs. They were just saying that it doesn't look like he's ever going to play football again. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was going on during this time. Um, but, yeah, that I didn't have a whole lot on on game uh, on game one. Yeah, they won five to four. The only note I had down is that uh, Shane Mack had a really big game. So, right. And Shane Mack was was good in the ALCS. Yes, yes. We'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait. <laughs> but he, he was great in the ALCS. Yeah, he was. Game two, um, then, I do have specific memories of this game. Okay. So we had school, and it was an afternoon game. And I don't know if we even saw any of it or if I got home for, like, late of it. But Juan Guzman, I think he was a rookie, and he was he was kind of like Scott Erickson for them. He was a hot hand. 
Yep. And he shut us down and we mm-hmm. lost five to two. It would have set the record for most consecutive postseason wins at home, but we lost. Yep. Tappany um, actually started that game. And so uh, it just, I was feeling really bad about the series after that because we lost a home game, which we had never done in my lifetime. And right. that guy shut us down and he was a great pitcher. So, right. Yeah. The yep. two things I have for this game is Juan Guzman. I mean, he's built like a brick shit house. I mean, that guy, his shoulders, his arms, his legs. I mean, he is just a massive human being up on the mound throwing the ball. Uh, the other yeah, thing I, I had. Him. He seemed like a twin killer. I remember him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just always dominating against right? us. The other thing I had on the other end of the physical spectrum is Mullenix for Toronto. Rance? He looks Rance? He looks yes. like a middle school science teacher up there, doesn't he? He looks like this frail little thing. <laughs> yeah, with I his can see glasses. That. Oh my god! I just... Actually, who's that one cartoon with the big mustache and glasses? I think he's a teacher. He there. I can't think of who it is, but he looked. I, I can picture a guy that he looks like. Yeah, yeah, just kind of an odd, odd-looking fellow. And he wasn't he there? He was their DH, I think, in the first couple games, wasn't he? Uh, that sounds about right. But he's just this frail little thing. It's and his name kinda... is Rance. Yes. Yes, that is correct. All right, so everything changed in game three. Remember this game? Mm, I do I do since I watched it recently. Pete? <laughs> was this the Pali Rulo game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of watching these, I, I had not... So I have all the World Series games on my own VHSs that I recorded myself, and I put them onto DVDs a few years ago, and I still have those. So I've watched those. A hundred times. Do you have all the commercials? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. Because most of the games I was watching sitting there live and I paused them out. You, oh, you, you did? Know. Yeah, sure. I did. Okay. And I all remember right. most of the 87 playoff games too really well. But I did not remember the series well. And so when the pandemic hit two years ago, we were health- I found all these games on YouTube. And I went through this whole huge thing where I rewatched every Twins playoff game like ever over again and it was fun to watch this series so right. game three we won three to two in 10 innings it was a friday night game it was mm-hmm. way intense we had a football game that night i remember yeah i remember I, that i didn't go i was watching it but i heard like you guys were on the bus and you were like listening to it or something and well we got home uh because this was my first year on the on the football team i obviously didn't play but um <laughs> but me and haken Got off the bus. I remember we got home from wherever it was that we were playing. Got off the bus, ran to his house, and watched it was the right by the school, Slavi, which was right across the street from where the bus dropped us off. And um, uh, we saw the we saw the very end. We saw like the last half inning, yeah. um, and it was amazing. So the Blue Jays scored two runs in the first inning of that game, and they didn't score again. And so Tappany got better, or no? Game no, three. It was, was Erickson. Er- so yeah. it was Erickson in, Erickson, in the but first I don't inning. think he went that long. But <clears throat> no, in I've, this got, I've series, got some stats here on him. I was just going to say our bullpen <clears throat> took this series over in Toronto. Yep. And this yep. was where that started. Pally Rilla hit a home run in, in the 10th inning to win it. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, and that Erickson, this is, this is the way Erickson started the game. First inning, home run, walk, and a booming double. <laughs> he, had, he had 31 pitches, three runs. Uh, two runs, three hits, 76 pitches through the third inning. See, every I mean, start was just an adventure, <clears throat> you thought. Yeah. So he This might have been the in, worst one. But how far did he go? He got pulled in the fourth after 84 pitches. Yeah, okay. 
So the bullpen pitched like six innings, didn't give up a single run. Right. We fought back, and then this uh, unlikely hero, and I remember that home run. My God, that was exciting. Because it's it's like 10.30 on a Friday night. There's no school the next day, so you're up just loving what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Was this the game where um, Carter got hurt? I don't remember that. Or was that game four? I don't remember Joe Carter. I remember which game it was where, because I got in my notes game three, and then I skipped right to game five, so I must have forgot to write down. But uh, one of the turning points in this series was when Joe Carter went back to catch a fly ball up against the wall. Oh, I do remember that. And he sprained his ankle on that play, and he was a shell of himself at the plate the rest of the series. Yeah, but he still played, though, right? Yeah. He still played. Mm-hmm. Yep. They I put remember him at, that. They put him at uh, – because the rest of those games were in – yeah, so they put him at DH. So Rance Mullenix got sat down for Joe yeah. Carter at DH. And it wouldn't have mattered much because game four, we won 9-3, to three, pucketed a home run, and we just coasted to win in that one. You got any notes on that game? Um, well, no. Well, the only other note I have between uh, on my three and five notes, Paul Sorrento made his first appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was going right. to be the next Ken Herbeck. So uh, my question is, was Pedro Sorrento didn't. based on him? Uh, Paul Sorrento, Pedro Sorrento. They, yeah. they were nothing alike. Absolutely. They were well, both Pedro Sorrento was two years before Paul Sorrento. So. <laughs> right. Paul Sorrento but... was based on Pedro Sorrento. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. He modeled his career because they were both huge human beings. That could hit a fastball, but couldn't hit curveball. Yeah, really well. he he just didn't pay off, and he had a huge <laughs> yeah. at bat in the World Series where he could have been a hero, and it yep. didn't happen. Yeah, for sure. All right, so then Game Five, back in Toronto. This is I remember this game because it was on a Sunday. The Vikings played that day at noon, and it, I they were in the midst of a terrible season. I don't know who they played, but there were all these previews for the Twins because they played at like three o'clock. Right. And Puckett hit another home run. The Jays though had a five to two lead in that game. Yep. And we scored three in the sixth, and we scored three more in the eighth to win going away. And it was exciting. Cito Gaston got uh, booted in that game as well. Oh, yeah. And the Twins became the first team to win three road games in a league championship series. That's first amazing ever. because we have yep. a – I remember that. It's amazing because we have such a home reputation and a terrible road reputation, but yep. they they won this by sweeping the road series. <clears throat> So, so Puckett when, won the MVP. He yep. batted 429 in the series with two homers and six RBIs. 429. And Mac batted 333. There you go. Not too shabby. He got them all out of the way in the first, uh, in the yep. first series. Hey, hey, he came through in game six and <laughs> seven did. when it he really did. mattered. He did. So you were talking about pitching. So in this ALCS, our starting pitchers had an ERA of 5.53 and an yeah. opponent's batting average of 316. They were not now, good. Now listen to the relievers. Yeah, the relievers had an ERA of 0.0 and a and a opponent batting average oh. of 119 and 18 Jeez. in the third innings. They didn't give up a single they run. They did not give up a run. Wow. The entire series. I mean, I knew that they were great, wow. but that is awesome. And David West who, you know, he was like the big guy in the Frank Viola mm-hmm. trade two years before. Yeah. Just never really Something panned else. out. But in this series, 
This was his shining moment. He was awesome. I'd well, actually, David West. That's actually, no, David West wasn't all that. Odd. Oh, wait, that was in the World Series. Never mind. Well, yeah, he must not Never have given mind. up any runs. <laughs> That's true. Yes. But I, I've got a heck of a stat on him for the World Series. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, any other memories of the ALCS then before we move on? Uh, no, that's pretty much all I had. I only had about a half a page of notes on the ALCS. The World Series is a little bit different story, so buckle up, folks. <laughs> and most of my notes are right here in my head, but I did write down a lot of stuff. <clears throat> so, Pete, you want to kick us off uh, Game 1, October 19th, 1991? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this whole World Series. Uh, I mean, it was it's against tense the Braves. thinking about it. This was this was back when I was happy that the Braves. I, I came to hate the Braves later, but I liked the Braves at this time because they were an underdog team. Mm -hmm. uh, also, like really the Twins, just a fun to watch. But I liked Barry Bonds and the and the Pirates at the time, and they just played an epic NLCS, and yeah, I wanted the yeah. Pirates to win, and so I did not like the Braves because of that. Yeah. Okay. I, don't I was know. kind of with uh, Pete on this because I like the first, the worst to first storyline for both teams. It was, so it gave it a good them. angle. Yeah. 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 And just, you had to respect the Braves pitching. Um, both teams pitched really well the whole series. Um, as far as the game one itself, I didn't have a lot of notes on it, but if you want to like kick us off Gifford on the notes. On the well, actually, itself. I don't know yep. if Gifford will have this down. Pete, I think you'll remember this. So the guy that threw out the first pitch, he yep. got in a terrible injury when we were in Dallas that we mentioned earlier two weeks ago or last week. You were there the same time? Yeah. Are you suspects? <laughs> Do you remember that, Pete? Steve Palermo, the umpire, got shot trying to break up a robbery. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I knew he would. And he came back and on like a crutch or so. He threw out the yep. first pitch. And yeah. kind of returned to the game that night because that was such a great story. He tried to break up a robbery and got shot and survived. Which, and That didn't happen in Dallas. We were in Dallas right. when we heard about it, to be clear to our, our listeners. So, well, okay. No, he was shot in Dallas. Yeah, I thought he was. He was shot yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time that we were in Dallas? I think so, because I believe Welcome we to the heard conversation. about it. <laughs> That's why it really stood out to us. We were like on the bus going home. We're getting ready to go, and like this happened right there. And so it was like a really big deal. Oh, I don't remember it being right there. Okay. I thought it was in like New York or something. Yeah. So for this game, okay. compared to the rest of the series, pretty much a whole home game. But Greg Gagne hit a home run, and that yep. basically won it. And Greg Gagne, that was awesome because what a great twin and and this is a guy who didn't have great stats really ever during the regular season, but this dude came up big time in the yep, playoffs. He More hey, than yeah, he hit. That's his second World Series home run because he hit one in '87 too. That well, he hit one against the Tigers that year too. That was right. even oh, like yeah. the biggest one. So that yeah. home run that he hit was his fourth postseason home run, and it yeah. set a Twins franchise record at the time. Look at you, wow. see you. Yep. So and that do you remember who he hit that home run off of? Because that comes uh, back again later. Was it Tom Glavin, John Smoltz? No. Tom Glavin? No, it was late in the game. Um, it, they, their first game starter wasn't was one Charlie of Lee, It was Lee Charlie LeBrand, and he held his head in shame after he hit it, and you can then see him again later in the series. Poor guy. Oh, it was in the fifth <laughs> inning. Oh, my God, that guy. Just that, yeah. 
That was not good for him. I mean, yeah, if the Braves tough, are going to blame series. anybody, they probably start with Charlie Liebrand just because yes. he lost game one. And then, of course, what happened Gave later? Which was, I mean, he had, I don't know. You could blame Bobby Cox, I suppose, too. Well, and in that game, the Twins were up 5-1 in the eighth. Uh, but they got a big double play in the eighth to s- kind of stop a Braves rally that was happening okay. at the time. So Atlanta scored a run to make it 5-2 in the eighth, but that double right. play just shut the whole thing down, and then it was just easy-peasy after that. So it's a so, great I mean, win. Even, even, even though you say it's a snoozer, by comparison, it is to the other games. I just said, yeah, it was whole hum by comparison. Mm-hmm. By comparison, yeah, exactly. Because that was Again, the only Twins win that wasn't a one-run victory. The... Um... The World Series back then, they've changed this too. Always started on Saturday night. And so, again, I remember the next day watching like some crappy Vikings game. And all day, <laughs> they're just showing previews of Greg Agnew hitting that home run over and over and over again to preview the game two Sunday night. Sure. And game two was a, was a great one. Again, yes. though, as far as like great finishes, this is low on the list, but this is a fantastic game. Right. By itself. Absolutely. My best memory of this game, first inning, Chili Davis, right-handed, just hit a bomb. And I could watch that replay for the rest of my life every day. It is like the sweetest-looking just bomb of a home run. Gave us a 2-0 lead. And like that Jays game where they scored two runs and then never scored again, we didn't score again until the eighth inning. Tom Glavin was pitching, and he was on. Well, and you got to remember that's... Sorry, that's a, just... that's a two-run home run because David Justice doesn't catch Dan Gladden's leadoff hit. Yeah, it was kind of lucky. Him and the second baseman was it Lemke playing second at that time? Yeah, they collided and. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that that's the way game two started was with an error on a routine fly ball, and so Gladden's on second base when Chili Davis comes up to rip that two out home run for you know to get the to get that lead so i mean that should have been a one run homer instead it it factors into the final score now is this a game where there is the famous collision between dan gladden and greg olson at home plate yes yes i believe so now greg olson being from where where did he grow up marshall minnesota oh yeah that's right marshall minnesota that's right. That's right. Just a, a hop, skip, and a jump from where we grew up at Russell Tyler Ruthin. A uh, 20-minute drive for, for us and about a 10-minute drive for Gifford, probably. Um, but he was the catcher for the Braves. And uh, there was a, the world-famous pic, uh, picture where Gladden collided with him. And Gladden is just like, he's on one knee at home plate, just watching. Yeah. And uh, Olsen is totally flipped over on Literally, his head. On his head. Yes, just on his head and not with hands yeah. or anything. Just totally on his head is the photo. Uh, but <laughs> and, and it looked like Gladden had been the... sitting there for like, you know, a minute. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Doing just a handstand. <laughs> and, uh, but Olsen held on to the ball. And so Gladden was out on the play. That was one of those was pictures in Sports Illustrated that I cut out. And you, everybody saw that one. And was this also the game I think that where might have been back ripped, game where where um the the pulled the foot where, yep. where Herback pulled oh, yeah. the guy's foot out? Yeah. So, so this is this is the Gant play at first base. Ron Gant, will yes. forever. Ron Gant first fell game. off first base. Right. 
I love it. And I watched another video where they actually talked to that ump like afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he still maintained that. And he explained why. He didn't say like, uh, well, what I feel bad or whatever. He said, if you look at that and look at his momentum, he fell off and Herbeck just kept the tag on him. That looked bad. And if you're a Braves fan, of course, you're going to say that. But I mean, it wasn't as cut and dried as you'd say. And of course, Mm -hmm. you're biased. But even the ump looking again at it confirmed. He said that's really the right call. So I got a few things, just a few things to say about this play. So, first of all, throughout this series, Buck and McCarver, the announcers. Oh, Tim McCarver. You can tell that (laughs) I think they had money on the Braves because they are definitely cheering for the Braves. I don't know if it's because they're both St. (laughs) Louis Gifford, you are a true Minnesota sports fan. I don't know if they're St. Louis because it's St. Louis guys and they're cheering for the NL. But here's the thing. I don't think it's so fair. Buck, Buck and McCarver both thought he was pulled off. Lasorda, Tommy Lasorda thought he was pulled off as well. So nobody points out that Gant could have just slid feet first into the bag. It wouldn't have been a big deal. He would have been safe. No problem. Mm-hmm. But it's not up to Herbeck to stop his momentum going into foul territory. Yeah. If you watch the play, Gant comes in with his front foot on the bag, his momentum takes his front foot off, he puts his back foot on, and he's still falling into foul territory. Well, and that's what the, yes. the umpire said. Look at it. He he put his right foot on the bag, but then his left foot comes over Herbeck. Like, he has to lift it all the way up over him, and when he yep. does that, his momentum takes him too right. far. And I think it is it, it is helped out by Herbeck's weight, but I don't oh, think you know, yep. he's pulling him off, but it's not like he deliberately just grabbed his foot and pulled it off or anything. I don't think, but... So. So if if we have any listeners in Atlanta, we've lost them all now, but oh well. So these guys keep going back. Sorry, Mike Mills, who is inning. (laughs) Mike Mills is a big Braves fan. Yeah, right. They come back to that play inning after inning, calling it a key play in the game. So because there would have been two, there would have been runners on the corners with two outs. So that means Davis Justice would have been coming up next. Davis. So in the beginning of the next inning, Davis Justice comes up. His name is David. David, David, he comes up. What did I David say? David Justed. You called him Davis Just, twice. So da- David, sorry. Dave Justice comes up, hits a weak fly ball out to, out to Gladden. Okay. So later in this same game, they've got runners at the corners with one out with Gant and Justice coming up next. Okay. Gant hits a weak grounder up the first baseline. Herbeck runs up, grabs it, tags him. What does David Justice come up to do in the exact same situation he would have been in in the inning in early in the game? He hits the same weak fly ball out to Gladden for an easy out. So these guys are talking about how this is a key play. Like we, the Twins somehow robbed them of a run because they obviously would have scored a run with runners on the corners with two outs. Well, first off, you can't say that because they had runners on the corners with one out and didn't do anything later in the game. With the same batter at the plate. So, come on. Like, that's not a key play. McCarver acts like it's just the biggest thing in the world, but you're not guaranteed any Well, of course, there's no guarantee. It's still a big play, but... Earlier in the same game, I think it was Gladden tried to steal second, and they... The, the ball was thrown. The ball beats him there, but the tag wasn't applied. And on replay, McCarver goes, oh, yeah, he was probably safe. But the ball beat him there, so that's why they called him out. So they brushed that off. Like <laughs> it's no big deal. 
But when the twins do something, you'll it, it's a theme that runs throughout this series where they, you know, the Braves just couldn't catch a break or the twins got lucky there. Or it was like, come on, guys, are you serious? So I think that's that, overstating it, but that's fine. That's kind of well, I've got another example. My memory of Tim McCarver is not that he hated the twins, it's just that the guy constantly used lame puns. And that was his whole announcing style. It was just over and over. He would try right. to come up with something witty that was lame, and he wouldn't stop doing it. <clears throat> sure. And I know that because I have those games on tape, so I actually watch those games and actually listen mm-hmm. to the announcing. So I one other think, thing I want to... Again, wanted, I, I go back to 87, but I think that we got luckier on some plays with umpires in 87 than we, we did. did. There was a big one in Game 7. Yes, there's a couple of big ones in Game yep. 7. We got robbed on a run scoring one. Well, that's Bad true. By the Randy Bush was literally um, safe yes. on a run that they yes. took away. And uh, there was a rundown. Um, yeah, Gagne. I think Tommy Herr was on the base, right? It was Herbeck yep. and Gagne and Tommy Herr that totally missed a tag. And, he, and there was interference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go on. So when I I'd watched like to... this game... Oh, sorry. Okay. I'd like to point out that at that point in the series, Justice was one for eight with runners in scoring position. So he wasn't getting anybody in. Too bad, Davis. Yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> my biggest memory or realization watching this game over two years ago is that this is two to two and it is tight. And Tapney's thrown, right. I don't know, 100 pitches. He comes back out for the eighth inning. Can you imagine yep. Rocco Baldelli, yep. who took out <laughs> our best or pitcher after five today. innings or any, any yep. manager in 2022? Right. He's in the eighth inning. He got the win in that game. And he yeah. just, after that 2-0 lead, he right. just kept him in it the whole time. And then bottom of the eighth, out of nowhere, Scott Leyes gets just <laughs> enough of the ball, just clears the plexiglass. First pitch in the eighth inning. Browning moment of his whole career. Right. So this game featured three pitchers. That was it. Japanese yeah, went eight. Glavin and probably never even got replaced, right? Glavin never got replaced, and Aguilera came in to close out the night. So there was yep. only three pitchers used in this entire game. Different but time. In the in the uh, top of the eighth inning was when the Braves had the runners on the corners with one out and failed to get anybody home. So as it ta- um, Glavin comes out, you could tell he's disgusted. First pitch he throws, Leyes puts it in the seats. And was then it the later first in the, pitch of the inning? It was the very first pitch of the yeah, inning. Yeah, I remember that. No. And then later, we got another guy on first, and he was called for a balk on a pickoff move that moved a guy to second. So, I mean, you could tell he was just so fed up with his team because in the uh, he lost that game, and in the uh, NLCS, he lost two games in the NLCS. So before he got his first win in this series – he had pitched three games and gotten four runs of support yep. in three games. So, I mean, he's just got to be fed up with his with his team not giving him anything. So we got this so 2-0 we go. lead. Everybody's feeling mm-hmm. good. Or were you still talking about that game, Pete? I was just going to say, so now we go to Atlanta. And right. this game is nuts. You can talk about 6-7. and seven. This is the greatest baseball game I've ever watched where my team didn't win. Game three, it's amazing. I could I, even though they mm-hmm. lost, this is one I can watch over and over because the the moves that were made and it just God, it was great. Yep. And I was I read somewhere some I mean 
this World Series has been rated the greatest by several people. This game has been called yep. one of the greatest World Series games ever played. And I'm sure that also includes game six and seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So we fell behind four to one going into the seventh inning. So, I mean, it wasn't anything special there for a while. And um, I think, or no, this was Smoltz. No, this must have been, oh yeah, it was Scott Erickson again. Yep, and I, Scott Erickson. Was it Steve Avery, Avery or was it? A- Avery was the starter in okay. this one as well. So Steve Avery had um, been just lights out in the playoffs. Like he had a huge scoreless streak going into this game. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was going to kill it. And we scored a run in the first inning. And but you they, know why we scored that run in the first there inning? There was an error on Mark Lemke, I think, right? No, it was an error on David Justice again <laughs> to start Davis. the game on Gladden. Gladden hit the ball, lead-up hitter, lead-off hitter, hit the ball out there. He misplays it. It's an error again. He ends up with a triple. And, and that got him in. And that's how, yeah, that's how Gladden came in to score the first run of the game. So but, Justice not looking good to start. Uh, and that streak and would have three. continued for Steve Avery without that error because he retired the next 15 guys 15. in a row. Like yeah. we just did nothing. Right. Well, Finally, the game, the game before Glad, uh, Glavin retired 15 in a row as well. Yeah. They're good. I mean, they're just amazing pitchers, unbelievable pitchers. Finally in the seventh inning, Kirby Puckett, who did not have a very good series until later, hit a home run, made it four to two. So it got a little life. Yep. And then this is where the game goes crazy. And this is my favorite moment in the series outside of the, the end. So in the eighth, they took out Avery. It was kind of controversial because there was like one guy on, but he was still cruising. And they brought in Alejandro Pena. He had, he had been brought in from the Mets during the season and I think was 15 for 15. Whatever it was, he was perfect in saves. Mm-hmm. Hadn't blown a save with the Braves. And Chili Davis doesn't get to play in this game because there's no DH. And we bring in Chili Davis to pinch hit. And I think it was the first pitch again. He hits a left-handed opposite field home run to tie the game. And that at bat was just, oh, God, that was the greatest (laughs) moment. Because they're like, oh, we're going to win this game. It's over. We're going to sweep these Uh guys. But all it did is set up some of the greatest other innings to come. Because then it was just tied for the next four innings. And just nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Do you remember... This so in the twelfth we had a chance to uh, score with Gladden mm-hmm. on third, and there, yep. this was where Mark Lemke had an error. But Herbeck yes, struck. Yes, it out. went off his foot. It went off his foot. Yep. Herbeck had his big chance because he's only got one out, but he struck out. So they walk Puckett to load the bases, knowing we were out of of batters at this time. We had no bench players left, and the pitcher position up. So they put Puckett on to load him up anyway. We pinch hit Rick Aguilera right? because he was the best. That's hitter. right. He's, the bullpen. He's in the bullpen warming up to come pitch, which he did pitch. Yep. And he comes in, and he actually hit it well. He hit a fly ball straight away center field, but right at the guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and just those moments of like, holy crap, Rick Aguilera's pitch hitting. We've got all these moves being made. And then this is where the legend of Mark Lemke was born because we all remember him in the series. This is where it because started. Because they figured Aguilera, just backing up, Aguilera had National League experience as a hitting pitcher being with the yeah. Mets all those years. Right. And Lemke yeah. started off the inning, or no, he, he hit a double to score the game-winning run, barely. Another close play at the plate. Yep. Great play at the plate. I mean, it, and again, and a great finish. I mean, this is the start and this is the these, 12th inning, if I didn't right. say that. 
this is the start of the four games in this series that end on the last play Mm -hmm. at the plate. Like the last batter, it's, you know, a hit ends the game. And I believe at the time, this was the longest game in World Series history. I think so. I mean, it's like, it's a Tuesday night. We got to go to school the next day and it's midnight. And this is just so crazy watching this stuff. Well, and getting back to how great the pitching was and how exciting this game was, the Twins had first and third with one out in the seventh, eighth, and twelfth innings mm-hmm. and got no runs in. And in the tenth inning, they had first and second with two outs. So, I mean, there were there was action on the bases. You see a zero on the scoreboard. It wasn't one, two, three innings and, you know, boring stuff going on. I mean... There were runners mm-hmm. on, there were walks, there were hits. Sweaty palms all, every single inning. Yep. There mm-hmm. was all this stuff going on that was just, it was so amazing. <laughs> and it gets worse the next night. So the next night, speaking oh, of I got pitching. A few, I got a few things still on this game. Oh, sorry. So in this game, I, I would like to go back to game one real quick when they're introducing the players. Pete, you mentioned that Olsen was from Minnesota. Marshall, Minnesota. So when he was, so all the other Braves are getting introduced and there's, you know, light smattering of booze around in the, in the, uh, uh, stadium. When Olsen gets introduced, the place like perks up. I mean, people are cheering. It's not the whole stadium, but there was a heavy cheering section for Greg Olsen. And it was funny because he comes out to get on the baseline with the rest of his starters. And he's like, "Whoa, is that for me? Kind of said something to one of his teammates. So in the beginning of this game, Herbeck is introduced. And of course, game two, he pulls pulls Gant off the bag. And there's just booing like crazy. And Herbeck is right off the baseline. He's raising his hands. He's clapping for the crowd and like yelling, yeah, I love it, you know. And the announcer. And what did Herbeck want to be if not a baseball player? He was going to be, or when he was done with baseball. Pro wrestler, baby. And he played it up. And they, so, they, I remember they did a little intro uh, with Jesse Ventura before one of the games. It was on the national broadcast. No, it was Ventura Macho Man. Was, it was Macho Man. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was Jesse Ventura because Jesse Ventura was the Minnesota guy. And uh, uh, he was standing up for her back on that because that was a great wrestling move, pulling him off the bag like that. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was Jesse Ventura. Uh, we'll agree to Ventura disagree makes a lot more sense. Man. No, it was the Macho Man. I just watched this like a couple days ago. <laughs> okay, I can't so, break this tie, so you can. I I could have swore so, it was Jesse Ventura. Buck Buck mentions that the Atlanta fans are um, having a some good natured fun with Herbeck because they were booing him. On the other side of it, Herbeck did receive a death threat. So that's yes, fun. he did. You know that that's a lot of fun. So. Good nature. It happened boy. today. He would have gotten ten thousand death threats. Right. Exactly. But so that was kind of one of the things I uh, I had for for that. So game four. Oh, game one four. of the other things I wanted I wanted to mention K- Kirby's home run in the seventh inning was his first hit of the series. After game two, the Twins outfield had zero hits in the first two games. Really? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, they well, doing so we can just jump ahead here. Shane Mack started this series 0 for 15, and in these games, they were talking about benching him and letting Chili Davis play the outfield because he never well, played he it anymore. Well, they did, right, once? Yep. 
it was bad. It was ugly, and it was very depressing to see him go through the slump at this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the outfield not very good. Right. All right. Um. So game four, you have this pitching matchup. Morris versus Smoltz, and Smoltz mm-hmm. grew up in Detroit idolizing Jack Morris. So this was like a huge deal to him, and this was like this great pitching matchup we're going to see, which, of course, we see again later. Um, so another great matchup, just like they've all been, basically, except for Charlie Liebrandt. <laughs> right. Poor so in this game, it's tied in the fifth. The Braves should have gone ahead, but Lonnie Smith, I'm not talking about game seven here, Lonnie Smith, there was a deep fly ball that he should have gone like halfway and Puckett couldn't get to it. And he went back and tagged up. He was on second base. Yep. And a ball all the way to the wall and off. And he did not score because he only made it to third. So Lonnie Smith foreshadowing things to come with a major error. Actually, no, no, he didn't stop at third. This is the play where he got thrown out at home and just bowled over Dan Gladden. There was another there was another collision. And Gladden, you mean Harper. No, sorry, Harper. Yep. Harper Harper held on. It's and, the mustache. Right. But that also foreshadows the end of this game. Harper mm-hmm. again. So Well, and here's the other thing. Again, me thinking that the guys are biased. So when mm-hmm. Gladden came in spikes up, that was dirty. But when Lonnie Smith completely blows up Harper, these guys were asking <laughs> other people, have you ever seen a hit that hard? I mean, holy cow, he's like a linebacker coming in there. And they're like, but that's part of the game. That's baseball. That's fine. I'm like, seriously. he Gifford, it's the unwritten rules of baseball. None oh of them make God, any sense. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get it. Yeah, <laughs> of course, they've rules. changed all the collision rules now anyway, so that would never happen. So, right. So directly after that play, Harper makes the second out of that inning at the plate. On a wild oh, yeah. pitch by Viola, it bounces. Not Viola. I'm sorry, Viola. Jesus. <laughs> well, you had Gladden playing catcher a minute yeah. ago. So. <laughs> Viola pitching to Dan Gladden. Right. So it was a wild pitch, and Pendleton tried to score from third on the wild pitch, and Harper was able to retrieve the ball and come mm-hmm. back and take him out. Is that at the, the one play. where he like, dove and hit him? Yeah. Oh, he dove play. Mm-hmm. Harper, yeah. man. Yeah. Speaking so, of Dan Gladden, gotta love position, In game twelve or game um in game game twelve <laughs> four after the twelfth inning, <laughs> if if they, if that game was going to go any longer, Dan Gladden was going to be the pitcher. Tom Kelly right. said, and he's going to put him out there and just see what he's happens. Done it before. Long. He's he has pitched and he in was games. the one guy who did do that right. kind of you know when he had to. But that's if that game had gone any longer, it would have been even more epic. Well, and that's the yeah. thing. The only three guys he had available were Aguilera, Tappany, and Jack, who was going to pitch the next day. So he's not putting him in there. So right. those are the only three guys you got. And like Pete said, Aguilera at least had National League experience. So, you know, why not put him out there? So this game is tied 2-2 two to two in the ninth. Great pitcher's duel. And guess mm-hmm. who comes up? Mark Lemke. And he triples yeah. with one out. But the Braves are running low on guys, too, already. They bring up this no-name. Was it his only at-bat in the series, I bet? Jerry uh, he, he, freaking Willard. He, oh, yeah. Who? Yes. Willard He's like the only... Tom Lawless of the Braves. <laughs> Tom Lawless hit a home run against the Twins in 87. <laughs> He's a poor man's Tom Lawless. Yeah. Right. So Jerry freaking Willard comes up to pinch hit. 
And he takes this mighty swing and hits this fly ball that off the bat you assume he crushed it because he like he like celebrates like he had a home run. <laughs> it's a weak fly ball to Shane Mack. To Shane Mack. He's yeah. coming in strong. Lemke's tagging up. Mack throws it on the money to the plate. Gladden catches the ball, actually connects with Lemke, but he Gladden? hits him with the shoulder, not the glove. The ball beat him. The glove yep. did not hit him, and so he scored. And it was the right call. It was but the it right was, call. But it was like a point millisecond from throwing him out at the plate, yep. and that's how they won that game. And it was just like, if you weren't tense enough, I remember that after that moment, I was just, I was dead. It was. I think he said Gladden <laughs> again and meant Harper. Oh, my God. I, Harper. <laughs> it isn't a stash. I swear it's a stash. Right, so, and that that was the right call because I mean he hit him with his elbow and yeah, forearm. It was totally love, but it was you know, that close. I mean, it was right. a great throw. Yep. It was a great catch yep. by Dan right. Gladden. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Gladden's running all over the place. He's catching series. He's that him. fast. He was known for his speed. <laughs> yep, he's a great. So the the other uh, note I had on this one was in the uh, seventh inning. Uh, Larkin came in as the pinch hitter for Morris, you know, because his his spot at bat was oh, coming up. Yeah, and he he grounded out immediately. So it's like, well, Morris could have done that, and you could have left Morris in the game because he, had, right. you know. So, but that's hindsight, obviously. But that's holy cow! It's again unbelievable finish to you know another one run game. So now we're, we're going to game. Six. Larkin sucks. We should have just left. We should have just. Uh... <laughs> Kicked him off the team after that. He's point. more of a game seven. He's guy. not clutch at all. <laughs> yeah, right, we're hit five hundred in the run series. to game six now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, game we're gonna. I, I think you go from game four yeah. to game six. That's we forget about game out. five. So game five, it was just, but it was almost like he needed that breather. Not as a Twins fan, because now it's like, holy crap, we're down to our. We're last. not going to win this thing. But There's we no get Shane, blown out. Shane Mack needed a breather because he yeah. uh, sat down, and Chili Davis uh, starts for him. Fourteen to five, the only game of the right. series. It was forgettable. It was terrible. Um, but anyway, you just well, think one, that's it. That's yeah, it. we're done. Because it was the one thing up. I'll say game. about this game is I felt I mean I hate I hated them losing this game, but thank God Tom Glavin finally got run support. Like this guy has been killing it all postseason, and the Braves finally chip in and give him run support. Yeah, they, good for Tom Glavin. Well, I mean, yeah, good for he, he's pitched unbelievably well. That's so, enough game five talk. Well, no, yeah. I got I got a couple things. Why? So, in the sixth inning, the Twins were one for their last twenty-four with runners in scoring position in this game. Um, although Glavin in the sixth, he kind of blew up because he uh, walked four and walked in two runs to give the Twins a little bit of. Uh, oh, he walked in two runs. He walked in. He had four straight walks, walking in two runs. So that was. Uh, that was one of the things that was a little out of uh, out of whack, but this is where I have my David West stat of the night. Oh, okay. So David West for the World Series ended with an infinite ERA. <laughs> he had faced six batters. He had four earned runs on four walks, zero outs, one home run, and a single. Okay, so it, it didn't carry over from the ALCS. Infinite ERA for David West <laughs> in two games. 
So the um, problem is, yep. not just that we get blown out and we're down three to two, but you're coming home. That's good. But Scott Erickson is on the mound and nobody trusts him. Like well, they don't know that he's going to blow, but nobody trusts him to go out and put together that shutdown performance. And this, yeah, and he this pitched was... what he pitched into the seventh inning. But if you watch the game, it was a roller yeah. coaster. Shaky. By far his best game. And who else showed up in this game in the first Shane inning? Shane Mack. That's right, baby. First not before that, the though. Series. Not block singles. And you know who else was having a sucky series, though? Kirby Puckett. Well, he can't her back. Good Lord. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all were. You just Him and Larkin. Puck, Puckett, Larkin. So Mack was the worst, but they were all just dead here. But Puckett. Triple. So first of all, we had all the story, the lore that he told the guys to get on my back, get on on the bus. So his first at bat in the first inning, he pulls a triple down the left field line, scores Knobloch. There you go. That's Kirby. Shane Mack breaks his bat, singles him in. He's off to Schneid. He got another double Mm -hmm. later. And 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 I just breathe so, so right after all that. I'm like, this is so good. Well, so this this is the Twins. Um, so we're up 2-0 right away. The Twins get three singles, a triple, a, and a sack fly in the first inning against Avery. Oh, yeah, that, Steve Avery, too. That's the thing. It was that, not just Erickson, but it was Avery. Right. So do we want to talk about a particular fielding play that happened in the third? Yeah, because Erickson was a ticking time bomb. Right. He gave up. David Justice hit a hit a ball off the right field facing that was the, one of the hardest hit balls I'd ever seen, and it was fouled by like three feet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Ron Gant smokes one too, Giff. Yep. And what happened on that play? Pete? Well, I think that was one of the most legend, the most legendary catch in Minnesota Twins, if not Major League Baseball history. This was back in the day when the Metrodome uh, had the plexiglass, and it would have been even more amazing if they didn't have the plexiglass because he would have caught that ball either way, and it would have been a home run. Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, but it was off the it would have been off the plexiglass. But Kirby Puckett, who was five eight, and in his book. I love this game. He describes how he's only 5'8", but he could easily dunk a basketball. Uh, showed all of the height and uh, just brought it down. I mean, that ball, it was the apex of his leap. It was the highest yep. he could jump, and he timed that jump perfectly and caught that ball right before it hit the wall. Yep. And then almost and doubled then the guy off almost first, Almost doubled up Pendleton on first. Yeah, don't forget because that. Because he couldn't believe he was going to catch it, and he already rounded second. Right. Yeah, he was almost a third base, and he had like halfway to third base, I think, and he had to go back, retouch second. Yep. Go back, and nearly got doubled off. Right. So yeah, Erickson gave up some real bums, but he pitched into Can the you seventh imagine inning. Bless his that soul. play if he had if, if he had doubled him off. Oh my God, that would have been the greatest play in baseball history. <laughs> so in in the fifth inning, that's when Erickson gave up two, um, and then the Twins came back and scored one. On Avery in the fifth, he had a walk and he hit, and then two very hard sack flies to score that run and get the third run. So prior to the sixth inning, they go to Kitty Cat. You know, he was a sideline guy. Jim Cobb to the layperson. And he goes, he was talking about how (laughs) Erickson, Erickson is getting weaker. And Erickson comes out for the sixth and goes, one, two, three. Sit them all down, ready for the seventh. Well, that's why he got out for the seventh again, because he showed he had life again. But, yeah. Well, no. he he came out 
I think right after the first batter in the seventh. Yeah, because he gave up a hit or a walk right away. He didn't get any outs in the seventh, but still, the fact that they were willing to put him out that long in the game, considering where he was at, that was good for him. Mm -hmm. He he came through when they needed him to. It was was touchy, but... So, this game goes to extra innings, and it's just nobody wants to win, and at any moment, this World Series could be over, and we could be all done, and we're all going to be just depressed yep so the in the 10th inning the braves uh hit and run right into an unassisted double play and the twin so both teams only had i think the twins went down one two three in the 10th so there's only three batters aside in the 10th inning i think we had a ton of opportunities no but then in the 11th bream led off with a single so they put el sid another great mustache by the way Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not good knees, but a great stash. Um, so the Braves had their leadoff runner on in both the 10th and 11th innings. Um, they put a pinch runner in for, for old Sid, and that guy was gunned down at second. That Not was old Harper's. Elsid. We called him Elsid Green. Okay. Elsid. Come on. I don't know why. So that, that pickoff in the 11th inning, game six, was Harper's first pickoff of the series. Really? Yeah, well, he was not known for throwing out guys. No. Yeah, no. he was not. A but yeah, that was guy. a huge play. I, that that was right. awesome. So Ryan the Harper, Braves, the you, Braves again guy. only had three batters in the eleventh inning, despite getting their leadoff guy on both times. Mm-hmm. So the game is right there, still for the taking, potentially for the Braves. So what do they do? Turn to Charlie Liebrandt. Right against this crappy <laughs> against, hitter that was against, sent up in the eleventh inning. Who is that guy? The, Guy that finished second in the hall in the uh, MVP voting that probably should have won that year, Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I read, a, away? I read a thing that um, Kirby told Chili he was going up to bunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the story. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to bunt and you're going to hit a home run and get me in. Right. And Chili <laughs> said, just, just hit it over the damn wall. And Puckett <laughs> went up there and he took three pitches. Yep, he did. Look Which Puckett never us. did. He never was the most does. aggressive hitter ever. Right? He was always swinging, and you'd get frustrated by how much he was swinging sometimes at, at some terrible pitches. Yep. But Fourth uh, pitch. Lee Brandt leaves one out over the and place. We'll see and the rest tomorrow of night. Exactly. The, the fist bump as Puckett is rounding second. Oh, uh, the celebration is etched in lore, literally, because there's a yes. statue outside Target Field of him doing that fist bump. And then the pictures of Charlie Liebrandt the head off the field again. with his hand, his head in his face, you know, his oh, God, head in his hands. Yeah. The agony and then, of defeat. Yeah. Not just that, but then you've got all the footage of them celebrating and Puckett. Uh, hugging Tom Kelly and yep. just, oh, my God, the the emotion is so great there. Did you guys, when he hit that? Did you think that was a home run right away? I knew it was going to be a well hit ball. If it was going to be a home run, it wasn't. It was going to be a double at least. Compared to like Chili Davis's bombs that he would launch, it it, when he first every time I see it, still it looks like he kind of reaches for it. Right. It looks like it could be off the end. It just doesn't look like some of Puckett's big, strong home runs. But I mean, you right away you heard the crowd and you heard everybody. I mean, so you knew. But like, I my first instinct was not that that was a home run. And well, it was I'm a just, pretty deep part of the field, too, actually. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's, it was. It's way deep. That was like, um, yeah, that was no man's land out there so, in, in the Metrodome. So well, that's what I remember. Well, it's extra innings, and you're the home team. So you know a ball up 
if it's up and you think it's hit, like you think right off the bat, like it's going like it, like you're hoping to God that it's going and this game mm-hmm. can be over and dramatic. So I don't know what I was thinking at that point, but Jack Buck's voice got pretty high, pretty quick. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this, this has got to do it. So, I mean, it only takes a second for the ball to fly out and hear the crowd, but that just that first impact, the usually impact, you can tell. Yep. And I just, I didn't see it. And I still have a hard time believing he hit it that I knew far, that it was a well hit. It, it it was obviously a well hit ball when you hit it, right. when when you see it. Whether or not so, it was going to be a home run. But you know how Puckett would crush them and he would do the old bat flip. He had that awesome bat flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he didn't, yeah. it wasn't anything like that. It was a different kind of a swing compared to a lot of his home runs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So obviously we survived this game. We're going to win the World Series now. It's done. Now nobody thinks right. we're going to lose anymore. Right. Well, because because the Braves were sending up a crappy pitcher and John Smoltz to start. No. Game John seven. Smoltz says, "Hold my beer." Right. Well, because John <laughs> Smoltz pitched the season and NLCS clinching games. So oh, he's did no. He? Oh yeah. So Jack, yeah. you got Jack Morris, who and he's started... going up against his idol. He wants to beat right. him so bad. So you got Jack Morris, who started the season, he started the All-Star game, he starts the ALCS, and he starts the World Series, and he won them all, up against a guy who closes out things, right? Like, I mean, Smoltz is... Oh, it's the perfect Game 7 pitching matchup. It's just amazing. Yep. So it's scoreless, but do you know the point where this game really begins? uh, The... the... Three six three double or the no that's uh, that's three two three double. There's play. a moment before that where and it's Jack Morris on the mound. I don't know if you got in your notes, Giff. Or if well, I, I've got I've got a note early in the game okay, for this one. Um, so Lonnie Smith, leadoff batter, comes up to the plate and he offers his hand to to Harper for a handshake. I remember that. I remember yes. that. Yes. Which yes, is I remember and that of too. course Harper shakes his I... hand. You know, I mean, what a wonderful That's pretty cool. gesture. Of, I mean, and it's not just that they had the collision, but I mean, coming right. in the heat of this World Series at that moment to have two guys, yep. that's like the coolest well, thing in sports right there. That's I had a former, conversation about this teammates. moment. Yep. I had a conversation about this moment with former catcher Terry Steinbach, and uh, <laughs> I brought that up. I thought... You know, because we were just talking about the 91 team and I brought that moment up and he goes, uh, well, that actually wasn't that big of a deal. You know, it's just too, I'm like, thanks for ruining the moment. Here. It is. Well, the announcers were like, have you ever seen that before? Two teams that can recognize the games they've played and the respect they had for each other. This series, right. the, you'll never convince yes, me that yes. any World Series ever has been or will be better. I don't than know. This. He blew it off. It was well, and, and you think about Terry it, Lonnie Steinbach and go to hell. <laughs> he was he was very nice to me the one night that. Nah, he can't because he's from Minnesota too. So we love him. Players. So <laughs> Lonnie Smith, the leadoff hitter for the Braves, is the one that bowled over the Twins catcher. So Dan Gladden, the leadoff hitter for the Twins, <laughs> is also the one who came in spikes high at Olsen. I yes. was wondering what Gladden was thinking in the bottom half of the inning. Like, oh, crap, do I got to go up and shake this guy's hand? Because <laughs> you know that's not coming out of Gladden. Like, no, no, no way, no how. It's just, it, whatever Terry Steinbeck says, the symbolism of that, because it wasn't like the game before. That happened in, what, game three? Yeah, it was the symbolism of that showing 
what has been happening in the series to this point? It's Both just, just saying good luck to each other and it's great sportsmanship. You and... can use hyperbole in sports all the time, but this series, you can't. This is the series. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. So, well, anyway, I, on. my notes on the game, I mean, both pitchers are perfect in the first inning. Well, um, I was, I want to jump ahead to the fifth inning. Uh, well, <laughs> let me see if I got anything here. Go, you, you, you go ahead and start. So in the fifth inning, the Braves get their first real threat. It's first and third and one out. And they got Terry Pendleton and Ron Gant coming up. So here it is. This is the moment. And, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Morris gets Pendleton to pop out, so not anywhere near deep enough to score a run. And then he strikes out Gant looking, yep. and Morris leaves the mound with the biggest mid-game fist pump you've ever seen. And this game is on, and you know Jack Morris ain't losing this thing. And his reaction there just gives me chills every time I see it. Right. It's the fifth yeah, inning, that, and you can tell was... how important every at-bat is at this point. Right. Absolutely. Well, and then Jack comes right back in the sixth and the seventh and goes one, two, three. Oh, yeah. He's getting like stronger. He, just, he sat him down. Smoltz also perfect in the seventh. few things happened in the eighth inning, though, right? Now we're in the eighth. I don't know. I don't know about the eighth. What happened in the eighth? This could be one of the craziest innings of all time. Right. So I foreshadowed earlier Lonnie Smith. Mm-hmm. So one of you guys he can get- take it away if you want. Well, he starts off with a bloop leadoff single, right? I mean, it wasn't like a hard, he like half swings and yeah, it just, right. uh, just, you know, happens to end up it's a lucky on hit. first. Yeah, lucky hit. So that that's the way it starts. So he's on first. And now is it, yep. who's up next? Is it Ron Pendleton. Gant? Oh, it's Pendleton. No, it's Pen- okay. Pendleton comes up next. And Pendleton smokes, right? He oh. hits it to where Kirby Puckett caught Gant's ball, but he couldn't catch this one. No, it was in the gap. It got all the way to the wall. He has to dig it off the wall. He doesn't get it clean. So and, and we got Lonnie Easily, Smith. easily, any runner in the game scores. Yes. Yep. Right. So right. Lonnie, Lonnie Smith, on his way to second, happens to take a look at Chuck Knobloch and Greg Gagne, who are pulling the old Deke double play uh, where they're going to get Lonnie out at second nice. and throw on to first. So Lonnie... Round second stops. And he just stands he there. Holds and up. He holds and I, up. You still think he's watching the ball. He's got to have enough time still where he could go score. Right. I think anybody would anybody would have scored on that. I mean, yeah. But I he just totally that. loses the ball and he has a second huge base running error. And he ends up on third and Pendleton's in second. There's still Pendleton's only one on out. Second. So I mean, they're still in great position. No, but there's should, zero outs. Oh, zero outs. That's yeah. right, right. But they should be ahead. One to zero at right. this point. So now you've got Gant and Justice are yeah. the next two batters. Part Gant. of the order. Pendleton, right. Gant, Justice. So Gant, he turns on a on a pitch and just fouls it up the line to Herbeck or just hits a weak grounder to Herbeck. Very weak. And was that the play where Herbeck grabbed it and just trotted up to him? And yeah, I think him? so. Yeah, right. it was so weak. And so at this point, though, Tom Kelly comes to the mound. Right. And Morris is just staring him down like this. And and Kelly will say he was not coming out to take him out of the game. He was coming right. out to talk strategy. What do you want to do? He wants to make sure that he goes <laughs> over it, but he's not taking Jack Morris out of the game. 
Mm-hmm. So they walk justice. <laughs> he says now, probably. Uh, who knows what actually happened? <laughs> no, I believe he him. says. So he they walk justice, justice to load the bases, and then Pete. This is the greatest play. Oh my God, this play! Right. So this is where a, a play that almost never happens. You plenty of times see a five-four-three double yeah, play. That's the thing. Uh, it's six-four-three. So uh, but but to see a three-two-three, three, which to the layperson is a grounder to the first baseman, back to the catcher, force and back to first base. Yes, you right. get the force out, so you prevent the run, and then you double them off at first base, and you still yeah you still have enough time to get the batter out. Um, right, because it's Sid base, Bream which... running to first, so he's yeah, crawling see, there. Basically, as much the as fact. I as much as I watch baseball, um, I've maybe seen that play happen five times or less in my entire life, if that. And that so, was the perfect moment. It was made for that to, to order. Happen. And then and you could you guys can all picture her back, right? All in one Swatted motion. He down. catches yes. the ball, starts to leave the base, and he's just yanking his hand back and forth, just like Morris did. And the sweet relief comes over the right. entire state because yes. that game was over, or we were behind at least in that inning. And the most ridiculous circumstances I just right. remember at this time that fist bump, uh, being man. in oh. that house and Brad, you remember the new house that we had in Tyler that we lived in for four years. This is where I'm at it, yep. at, um, at the time. And like every commercial break, my dad and I, we just had to go. We, we went into the kitchen and we're just like <laughs> pulling our hair out and like getting Everybody water was. or whatever. We're just like, oh, my God, what is going on here? It's one thing to have a, a close tie game, but it's zero zero. This was just every as pitch tense as it got. So, so he, the here, twins. here's the one thing I'll I'll talk about again with uh, my thought on the uh, announcers pulling for Atlanta. So the bottom of the seventh inning, Chili Davis hits into a double play to end the inning, and their comment was, "You'll never see a better double play." than that oh and gosh. at the end of the top of the eighth inning to end it is the most <laughs> ridiculous double play a oh. half inning later and they come back from break and all they can say is i don't really know what to say about that again in their defense <laughs> it wasn't like a great double play it was an unbelievable unlikely double play it wasn't like anybody made moment. a spectacular but the moment play. the moment that it happened and the I mean, there's it's bases loaded. You get the force at home and throw back to first to kill the inning. It's unfreaking believable, and it these is. guys just go, I, "I don't, I don't know really to say about that." Right? It was you in care. a similar situation. You're pissed that the Braves didn't score because you got money on the game. Uh, so, the only yeah. one that uh, it's it's not even anywhere near it, but the other one that comes to mind when I think about that play, I think about Game One Sixty Three. I think against the Tigers when Joe Nathan got the line out. Uh, to shortstop when he really needed it. I think it was the eighth inning. Do you remember that play? I know, uh, but I remember that being one of the greatest baseball games ever uh, played. He gets a, right. a at some point he gets a line out. Um, uh, I think the bases were loaded, but anyway, it's nothing like. I I could be off on my facts a little bit there, but it seems like that uh, I know that there was a line out double play. Well, you're probably right. There's a lot really of great plays. In this game. Anyway, well, go on. That, we're going back take... to '91 here. So the bottom of the eighth inning is just as dramatic. Yeah, we, we have our chance, off, too. We get a leadoff single, and then we've got Gladden with a flyout. Uh, we do a hit and run with Knobloch, 
So we got runners first and third with one out. Yep. Because Knobloch, perfect. He hit an opposite field single. Mm-hmm. Perfect hit, hit and run. Yep. And so, her backs up. Puckett, no, Puckett gets intentionally walked to load oh. the bases. Right, right, right. And Herbeck. Which is very lines, rare again, though, because first right. base isn't open. Right. But they don't want Puckett. But they it's want Puckett, Herbeck, so especially it after anyway. what happened last night. Well, and you want Herbeck because Herbeck is hitting like 118 for the series. He's just right. god-awful. So he hits a line drive to Lemke, who catches it. A and weak line up. drive, but still, weak. it's right to a guy where all you had to do is just take two steps to the base for a pretty unlikely double play again. Right. So this is the first time I hear Jack Buck say the Braves got a break. <laughs> the first time, bottom of the eighth inning, game seven, they finally got a break. So, yeah. The ninth inning's pretty ho-hum, right? Nothing really happens there. Um, Yeah, not a whole lot. Jack's one, two, three in the ninth. Yep. Mowed him right down. But everybody obviously assumes that's it. Great game, Jack. You're done. Actually, no. The ninth inning's crazy because Chili got a leadoff single. Then Harper pushes a bunt between the pitcher and first base. Did Mack hit a double play, too? Uh, Let me see. Harper hit the single. Matt grounds into a double play. Yeah. He had two <laughs> um, hits in this game, though. Right. But then they pegs walked, and then we got the uh, Serrano comes up and strikes oh. out on five pitches. <laughs> Serrano, that's, that's the at-bat where Paul Serrano right. had a big But, chance. I mean, they, like, had a, they had a this threat. This guy's going to win the game for us. Yeah. Right. But then what does Jack do again in the 10th? One, well, two, first three. of all. Nobody can believe Jack Morris is standing on the mound in the tenth because it just right. doesn't happen. You don't do that. Even in that era, you did not pitch oh. ten innings. But but you see him out there and you're like, Certainly Oh god, not. this is awesome. I can't wait to see this. So and Jack he, Morris in the sixth, down. sixth, seventh, and ninth, and tenth have he has one, two, three innings. Yeah. There was a part of me that was that was going, are you sure about this, TK? Well, yeah, I think everybody was probably <laughs> saying that, including Tom <laughs> Kelly. Well, Tom Kelly, his famous quote was, he couldn't take him out. He's like, whatever happens, happens. You go it's get him. Game. Game. Go out there. It's just, just that's game. it. It's just a right. game. You go get him. Right. And I didn't, I was never a big fan of Tom Kelly, but my God, that's a pretty awesome quote there. You got to you mm-hmm. respect the balls that he had in that game. Right. So I think the most underrated play in the entire series is Dan Gladden's leadoff at bat in the 10th because he hits a blooper. Broken and it's bat. a hit. It's a legit hit. It's not like anybody lost it in the ceiling or anything, but right. it's a single. And that dude, you've brought up his speed, Pete. He just takes off and goes balls out and gets a double out of nothing and mm-hmm. just barely Should have been it. a single. And that's yep. the play that won the game. Because if he's on right. first, I bet you we don't score. He was always a I pretty agree. aggressive base runner. Uh, as I remember Dan Gladden. And so, so yep. it didn't take much to like he, about him. Yeah. After he hit second base, it didn't take much for them to win that game. They what we'd load the bases on a walk. Well, and, we had uh Knobloch had a sack bunt to move him over to third, and then they walked Kirby and Herbie. You could load him up for a double play. Yep. And then Larkin. Kirby comes and up. Herbie. That's yep. still a, I, I wouldn't I don't know. That's still a risky move to walk right. the bases loaded in that situation because now you got no room for error if you were to, right? Um, if you were to but, walk the next guy, it's but a, none of those I, guys matter. I mean, right? Well, that's then, that's what I'm saying though. You cannot walk him though if you load the bases. Now you cannot walk him. Yeah, that's a well, little pressure on the pitcher. Gene Larkin wasn't <laughs> walking because the very first pitch he saw, he threw it yes. into. Uh, 
you know, deep left. Yep. And Gladden comes and trotting home. The Twins are going to win the World Series. Huge smile on his face, and he stomps on home plate, and it's over. Right. And so we, here, Morris has we have never seen this anything point. this great since. Here's the thing I don't understand with right. that. Nobody I understand. <laughs> I understand <laughs> walking Kirby because he is he's killing you. He's doing whatever he wants to do. But Herbeck, like, you know what you're getting with Herbeck. He can't yeah, hit but anything. All he's got to do is hit a fly ball. I mean, but, here, but here's the he's thing. He's still a very, very good hitter. Even <laughs> in the celebration, he couldn't hit Chili Davis's hand on a high five. Oh, God. Oh, my I mean, God. Come on. That's anything. it. That's what you're going in on. I mean, All right. He had to set Larkin, himself up for that joke, I guess. But with Larkin, whole, this you whole don't episode know what... <laughs> has been leading up to that comment. <laughs> I, I got it marked out. Four pages of notes just to get there. <laughs> but with Larkin, he was he was one for three in the series. Like he was batting three thirty three. Like he he's he a bench guy something. with three at bats. But Herbeck couldn't hit anything. Ken Herbeck is a borderline like. He, he, I'm not going to say that. He's not one of the best series. players in the Twins history, and yes, he had a great year. He's a fearsome hitter. But not in that series. Well, no. Well, but. it doesn't matter. I mean, I so, think I any manager is going to take his chances with all those options that double plays with Gene Larkin yeah. over one of the Twins' best hitters. Well, and you get yeah. you, that adds the force out at home. You know, if it's a exactly it's, what it's we rib- did in the yeah. eighth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, but man, if I saw Herbeck coming up, I would have pitched to him there. Um, so Atlanta left eight runners on and the final stat said the twins left 12, but I don't know if that includes the three guys that are on base after the game winning hit. I don't, so, I, mean, I don't think it does because I think it, that you'd have to get out of the inning. Uh, they technically, right. um, they weren't I, left. I, I don't right. think. Right, they weren't I mean, we had they. guys on throughout the game here and there. We right. only had a couple like real threats, but we had guys on. Right, but that's the thing. If you look at the box score and you see one nothing in the tenth, you look at that and go, "Well, that's a boring game." But there so, were. Then you look at it. Love one game seven World Series. Oh wait a minute, that's the greatest <laughs> outcome in history of baseball. Right, but what I'm saying is there were base hits, there were steals, there were. You know, kinds of runs. There were double plays. I mean, there were plenty of people on the bases. The two best was, fist pumps amazing. I've ever seen in my life. So, right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I had. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Unbelievable series. All right. So, I just want to go say, on your final topic, one, Pete. Or? One last comment about this okay. whole thing. Uh, did you feel uh, in this conversation or any of your review of this, do you get a little bit nostalgic for the Metrodome? I do. I do, too. I will say it was a whole of a venue, but a yep. massive home field advantage. Well, and great memories. Especially in baseball. And, you know, we grew up three hours away on farms. You always knew the game would be played. There would, You know, yes. that's right. the thing about right. a dome. There's no rainouts. Now, right. once you know the Metrodome and you know where to sit and buy tickets, and it's not so bad for a Twins game, but there are some of the worst no. seats you could ever imagine there. Yes. And... Well, and the concourses are always packed. Well, yeah. You're trying to get to a bathroom. You got to go through everybody right. that's standing. Although, 
the concourses at Target Field aren't much better. I mean, all these new stadiums, they're supposed to have these great new big open concourses, and you st- it's still just a mess anywhere you go. So <laughs> right. it well, wasn't that bad. Oh. All right. Well, we uh, were asked by Pete to create our – he's back. You want to take it, Pete? <laughs> yeah. So sorry, <laughs> just had to close the door. People Probably coming, might lose you. Coming in and out. No, you're not going to lose me. Um, so I thought it would be apropos on this episode to finish it with, uh, your top five greatest, happiest sports moments of your lifetime. So let's start with Gifford. All right. Well, after this great discussion and a great team, these, these, uh, moments don't quite measure up, but, um, I've got two from, uh, well, I'll start at the uh, the earliest one. I didn't really rank these. So, '87 Twins win, um, just amazing. You know, Ozzy Ozzy uh, Smith grounding out in the top of the ninth, throw over to Herbeck for the out for the win was amazing. Um, I got two from 1990. I got uh, the UNLV basketball team wins the national championship. I loved that team. I remember writing a big really? article about it in newspapers we had to make uh, for Mrs. Mecklenburg's class. I did too. I didn't wow. like the but I, I wrote an article about that same game. I still, I think I still have that. <laughs> in my, in we box. should go, we should, it's a, you know, conflicting viewpoints on the same right? game. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> love that game. I think I my title it. was something about Rebels Massacre Duke in championship yeah. games. Well, and I hated Duke so much, and I just love that UNLV team. Um, also, 1990 RTR football over Miniota oh, was an enormous game. Miniota always won. And I was on the we sidelines for that, not as a player. Yes, but I, was, I was a videographer for that. It was one moment where I was happy to be on the sidelines for the game doing yep. the role I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, then we'll follow that with the 91 Twins. Obviously, we covered that uh, pretty well tonight. Um, on a personal level, I hit a hole-in-one on my 36th birthday. That Aww. was a pretty exciting uh, sporting moment for myself. I can't say and, that about me. <laughs> right? <laughs> the only thing I got over you on a golf I get course. it. And then um, the last one, I brought it up before on the show uh, at a proud parent moment uh, last year, my son's uh, team won the uh, Squirt A District Championship uh, with him in net. So that was that was very exciting as well. So All those right. are my six. Um, we'll let you go last, right, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when I made my list, I ended up with eight. Yep. So I eliminated sure. three for different reasons. And so these are my honorable mentions. So one of the greatest moments of my sporting fan life was the 1997 Gophers when they beat Clemson and UCLA, the Sweet 16 and Final Eight, to go to the Final Four. I mean, that was I, – I just – it was – and they were two of the greatest games. The Clemson game was like one of these World Series games, double overtime. We've got a match. So <laughs> – but I took it off of my list because those games were later oh. vacated and don't count right. anymore. They didn't actually happen, Brad. Uh, no, okay. So that was how I, I – no, I, they're still part of my list, but that's how no, I took I, them out of the top five. The next one, similarly, maybe the single greatest moment I've ever seen in sports was the Minneapolis miracle when Case Keenum hit Stephon Diggs to beat yeah. the Saints in the playoffs. I mean <laughs> – you, that's the most unlikely play I've ever seen at any time. 
But the way they lost the next week in yeah. just the most ugly fashion, it just took a lot of the fun out of it. It's still a great mm. memory, but it's mm. like, hey, whatever. <laughs> and then I had two personal ones, or like, well, not personal, but two high school related ones. And one of those was for myself. So I put that on my own list. The other one, though, you brought up the mini on a football game, which was a great choice gift. But I wrote down the uh, I was trying to think of like the best basketball games because we had such great yep, teams. So many great teams. When RTR beat Slayton in the uh, regional oh, tournament, yep. led by Trevor Winter, the best player in the state, who was going to just former dominate. Timberwolf player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an incredible game. Yeah, and Gopher, we were, we were all sophomores. We had like first row seats. Oh my God. Yep. In that great minute Montevideo gym. It was the greatest atmosphere you could ever have in a high school game. But that was an honorable mention because I wasn't directly involved. <laughs> all right. So the five that I did pick the, uh, uh, 2019 Gophers Penn state football game. That whole day oh, was yep. the greatest days of my life. The, the tailgating, the game itself, the the pressure on them to pull through finally in a big game, I mean, you just you couldn't beat it. And I've been a season ticket holder for so many years, and that was like finally one of the real big payoffs. Number four, I uh, Pete knows, Gifford. I don't know if you know or remember this. I got to attend the 1987 Game Six in the World Series, and mm-hmm. so it was like this last minute thing. Some friend of my brother's who went to the U at the time had two tickets and you couldn't go or didn't want to go because they weren't even a baseball fan. And he called like the day before and said, uh, would you think grandpa would want to go? And my mom was like, well, what about your brother? And my aunt and uncle happened to be going to Minneapolis for something. And they drove me up that day. And so the moment, though, this is a great World Series game. But Ken Herbeck yep. hit a grand slam. Hit a grand slam. Yep. Ken Herbeck. And I was there in person. That's probably the greatest in-person, you know, major sporting thing I've ever seen. Obviously, they won the game, went on to win the World Series. Uh, Number three, if you know me, you know, I've already mentioned the Gophers once. Gopher basketball is like my very first. Well, the Twins, I guess, would have been first. But Gopher basketball was my big passion. And my first game was in 1989. And my brother took me. And I'd never been to Williams Arena before. And they were playing the number four ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. And we weren't ranked, but we were kind of up and coming. Clem Haskins third year. We were terrible the first two years. But this was a chance, like, we could really be good. And they beat them on a tip-in at the buzzer. Jim Schick and Jansky and a, a fan for life was born that day. I got to sit in the student section with all these college kids. I was 13 years old. It was incredible. And that is still my favorite sports venue ever number two is the uh it's game six and seven of 91 but if i'm going to pick a moment it's puckett's home run i mean you can't mm-hmm. that's the, that's the moment and then so for number one i put i have one great achievement in my life in sports and i won a the subsession golf tournament as a senior i had kind of a disappointing year as a golfer that year but i, I won that tournament and came within an eyelash of going to state and so for me, that was really great. At least I can say I did that. That's awesome, man. I'm proud of you. Pete. So my moments are uh, already mentioned was my number five is go for basketball over UCLA. I'm going to count it, even though it didn't happen. I'm still counting it. Oh, I count it. Yeah, that's another one I have uh, on a homemade DVD that I, I still watch every once in a while. I was with you. I was with you at your place when that happened. Yep. Uh, I, 
For number four, I actually put as a tie. I had Gophers versus Wisconsin and Gophers versus Penn State. Very oh, yeah. similar atmospheres, big wins, uh, Wisconsin just this past year. Uh, but uh, um, I think Penn State was because I'm a bit more recent of a season ticket holder than Brad, you are. So that was my first experience as a, you know, on a, uh, storm the field kind of game. Uh, and then it was that kind of game again against Wisconsin. The reason it was uh, uh, tough to pick was because it was Wisconsin. And right. so Penn State Not as was big of a game, moment, but... Right. right. But the fact that it was against Wisconsin made it that much better. That's right. Um, <laughs> Minneapolis Miracle was my number three, which you've already talked about. Uh, and then I just had... My number two and my number one, pretty obvious. Uh, my number two actually was the 91 World Series. Um, and again, if I had to pick a moment, it's really, really difficult between, you know, and I just had it as, as its one line item. But uh, I would have to say Puckett's home run as well, because that was uh, so exciting. I was running around the house when that happened. After, I, I remember actually, though, the better memories of the World Series itself, like each individual game, I remember the 1987 series better. And that's why I put that as my number one. And especially when they won it, I remember just jumping around the house and I just couldn't believe it. And I was 11 years old. Uh, the 91 World Series, after they won it, I just kind of sat there and I just like breathed a sigh of relief. I wasn't, yeah, I was just like, oh my God, thank God. We got, we got it done and it's over. It's a, you know, it's like I just run a marathon. Same uh, though, but 87. Yeah. I remember the 87 when they won. I can still picture our den on our farmhouse. And I was on the couch with my mom. And when they won, I got up and jumped over somebody that was sitting on the floor. And I can still picture that exact moment, just like you. Yes, yes, I can too. Um, I guess you guys threw a couple of personal moments. I don't have very many personal moments in terms of athletic achievement, as you guys are well <laughs> aware. No? But, but for me... But you attended a lot of great games like deal. we talked about I too. I did, but... Um, uh, but if we're talking our own personal things, for me, this was a big deal. For anybody else, not that big of a deal. But um, when I played midget baseball um, in summer rec, we all played. And in uh, it was practice, not even a game, but practice. I took one out of, uh, out of the ballpark at Russell. Um, and awesome. for me, that was a big deal because I was like always striking out. And I was just the last guy on the team you'd ever want to put in a game. It was an opposite field home run to the top of the hill. I just got a hold of it. And um, it was the aluminum bat. I remember it was another guy in a team. I borrowed his bat um, and it was, I loved the bat and I just got it on the fat part of it and it uh, sent it out. So for Later me, that was they, a big deal. They inspected that bat and found cork in it. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks, Brad. They found cork in the aluminum bag. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and um, I could also mention uh, scoring the 99th point in the first uh, first yeah, time. 99 yeah, points was scored in a, I, in a basketball game for RTR. Not a hundred, but 99. I made one tackle in a JV football game, and it saved the game. If I don't make that tackle, we lose. So right? there's, there is that too. Pete, the other thing about those two go for football games, I don't know if you remember exactly, but so the Wisconsin game, we won. I mean, it wasn't like an exciting finish. We had the game wrapped up at the end. But do you, you remember the Penn State game? They yeah. got the ball back with a chance to win, and they were driving all the way down the field. 
And we yep. actually had to intercept it in the end zone to, to find. So there was that one moment of just sheer relief for like, no way can we lose this game. It can happen right. again. Right. And, and they didn't. It, they didn't. It was great. All right. Sweet. Oh, well, man. that's our longest episode ever. So hopefully Probably. people like the I'm twins. Not gonna, yeah, yeah, they will. They'll just reminisce in the memories, but they're especially going to love the uh, uh, the grand finale, which is Preacher Row at the end of every episode. Please make sure, by the way, that you go on to our Buy Me a Coffee uh, link and uh, feel free to contribute if you'd like to become a classmate. And um, anything else to add, boys? Otherwise, if not, I'll uh, throw we'll be back to our row. usual real pop culture next week, too. So, Well, and I yeah. wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends, Matt and Dina. They like to listen down in Fergus Falls and have uh, put a few shout outs oh, on Twitter back and forth. I was going to say, uh, I know Dina from social media. I appreciate yes. anybody that that uh, talks to us. And I, and I noticed she was a friend of yours. So I appreciate yes. you, too, Dina. So they, they listen they listen every week. So thank you for that. Excellent. All right. Okay, here you go, Preacher Row. And we'll and... see you tomorrow night. <laughs>